Thank you, ladies. That was good. Seems like today is a day of changes. Originally, we have another item that had been planned last week and it didn't come together, so we planned to sing it today. And then a couple of our singers were sick, so that got changed to the ladies who who were thrown in last minute and they did a great job. It's one of my favourite songs, that one. And then pastor was scheduled to preach this morning and he called in sick this week as well and, and I'm the change for that as well. So hopefully I can do as good as the ladies and you receive a blessing this morning. Why don't we pray? I'm going to ask God to help me and, and then we'll get straight into it. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, to be in church today. It's a, a beautiful day outside, Lord, you, that you've given us and thank you for, Lord, providing um, the freedom that we do find ourselves in now to be able to meet in church freely, to sing, to worship you, and also to hear the word of God preached. Pray that today would uh, be a blessing from you. May you help me as, as I deliver your word, and may you help the hearer to receive it um, in the way, Lord, that you would want them to. And where, wherever anyone is this morning, in their heart this morning, may it, it speak to them and be a blessing for them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, recently, I, I reflected on the day I got saved. Um, in, the, uh, in the life groups this morning, I got to give my testimony and reflected a little bit on that. But on, the, on April the 15th, 1985, that was the day that I received Jesus Christ as my saviour as a young, um, a middle-teenaged um, young man. I was automatically placed then into the family of God. Amen. Now, the exciting thing is that if you today, if you know Jesus Christ as your saviour, you're part of the family of God as well. And what that does, because of Christ and through the blood of Christ, that makes you and me uh, either a brother or a sister in Christ. Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but you don't look a lot like me. I know some of you are disappointed about that, but and I don't look like like I don't look a lot like you. I've got this really cool goatee beard. Some of you may have that, um, but we are very different. But because of the blood of Christ, we are all eternally uh, connected. Amen. Now, most of us were probably born in different geographical locations. Was anyone born in Western Australia? Come on. Oh, anybody? No, I can't see any hands. Well, shame on you. Oh, there was one, I think. Oh, yes, there's one. I was born in Western Australia. Was anyone born in New South Wales? Ah, some real true blues here. <laughs> anyone born in Queensland? All right. Anyone born, out, anyone born outside of Australia? Okay. Oh, actually, a, a, a big majority. All right, so we, we're all born from different backgrounds, which means... Each one of us have a different beginning in life. Okay, your family may not have been, um, maybe, maybe rich or well off, and some may have been born, uh, have, may have been born into a different economical background. I know my family, we were just, uh, we weren't poor, but we were just, just the average uh, sort of family. Dad had a job, we moved out to a farm around my, around my. Um, teen years, and we lived off the farm and we made do with what we had. Now, you may have been brought into a family that was able to afford maybe a private school and had great education, 
and that's great, but we all come from a different, maybe economical background. And then for some of us, we, we may have even come from a different religious background. Put your hand up if you were born into a church family of some denomination. Doesn't have to be Baptist, but maybe Catholic, maybe Anglican. Okay. Put your hand up if you weren't. Some of us didn't come from a church background. I never, I never knew about church until I was about 14 years of age. And I might share a little, might share a little bit of that a little bit later. But even though we start from different beginnings, we find ourselves here today in this church as brothers and sisters in Christ. And to me, that is fantastic. The thought this morning is, is that of beginnings. I've titled the message, In the Beginning. Now, we know the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then in John, it says, in the beginning um, was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. But I guess I want to title it in the beginning because each one of us have a beginning somewhere. We started in life as a little baby and for most of us, I assume, we grew up in some sort of family unit, whether, it's, whether, it, was, whether it was with a mum and a dad or maybe just a mum or in some cases even maybe just a dad. But we had a beginning somewhere and um, recently God challenged me about some things in my life which I'd been putting off to one side very easily and for a very long time. And as I reflected why I had been putting off these promptings of God, I often thought it was because of my beginnings, the way I was brought up. When I was brought up, I was brought up, as I mentioned, in just a very simple home. It was on a farm. But I didn't have, I didn't have godly parents. I didn't have a mum or a dad that, that took me to church every week. It was, it was a time where uh, it, it was a very... It, it, it was a family life of a lot of hard things, a lot of problems, a, a lot of fighting, a lot of drunkenness, and a lot of splitting up of the family unit several times over several years. Um, I shared in the life group this morning that, that when I was born, I was born with a stutter, which some of you may notice today, um, it does come up from time to time. Then I was also born with Tourette syndrome. I've, I have shared this before. But Tourette syndrome, I, I, to me, was a very hard thing for me as I grew up. With Tourette syndrome, um, people either have a physical tics um, that you can see where people shake and twitch and do different things. And then they also have what, what we call a motor tic where you'll make sounds and, and they're always uncontrollable. Now, as a teenager, even though I had Tourette syndrome mildly, I had both, where I would shake, I would twitch, my head would go from side to side, my eyes would roll up in, into my head uncontrollably. Um, in, in high school, I used to squeal like a pig at the top of my lungs. I'm sitting in a high school class, no control over what was going on. And yet, I share this because those beginnings made me a very timid, very shy, very confused young man, along with being told at home that I was useless, that I would never amount to much, I couldn't do anything, I would never avail to anything. I look back on, my, on that past and when God ever said, Paul, I want you to do something, 
I would often say, well, that can't be me because I can't. I can't do the things that you want me to do. Just recently, and, 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 and over many years, God had been bringing something up to, up to the forefront on a regular basis. And every single time, I found a legitimate reason or excuse to say no to God. And often it was, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. But just recently, God brought it up again. And it was so strong that God brought up that I decided I can't say no any longer. And this morning, I want to encourage you as we go through some of these thoughts that your beginnings don't define who you will become. Your beginnings do not define who you should be. Each one of us have a varied beginning of of all sorts of degrees of of ease, hardship, problems, education, wealth or lack of wealth, but that does not define who God wants you to be. I'm going to look at some young men in the Bible as illustrations. I'm not going to go in very deeply into them because I want to just at the end share some thoughts about these men's lives and and maybe there's some applications that you can see um, in your life. When pastor preaches, I love listening because often God will bring something, an application from what he's preaching that often gels with me and I and often write it down. I'll make a note of that because it's, it's real for me. But I would encourage you this morning as you're listening, if something gels for you, just write it down on a bit of paper or, or maybe log it in your memory and write it down later because those sorts of things will be... So I want to consider some young men that God, even though they had different beginnings, God was able to use them. And some of these men may have a similar beginning to you. The first one that I want to mention this morning is that of Moses. Moses, if you know the story of Moses, he, um, through the times uh, of the religious leaders of that time, they were going to kill all, all the male children of Israel. And he was placed in in, in an ark of, and was placed down a river. And in that time he was found by the daughter of Pharaoh and she actually found him and she brought him up and he was brought up within the household of Pharaoh. He, be, he became someone who was accustomed to whatever he wanted, was accustomed obviously to great riches, was accustomed to the ways of Egypt. And as you, as you look at his life, God reached out to him and convicted his heart that he should seek out his own people. And in doing so, some circumstances arose and he left that and he found himself, I'm killing somebody. Imagine that. Going out and seeing something, fighting with someone and killing them and then burying them in the sand thinking you're going to get away with it. And this is the start or or the life of Moses going through until Moses went and hid himself and and went into a far country. But God wasn't finished with him and God was going to to use Moses, even though his beginnings were a lot different from all his other peers who who were in Israel. But God had him used to something, brought him out of that and through his life ended up sinning and doing something bad. And yet God said, despite of your beginnings, I'm going to use you. 
no matter what your beginning was, whether it's good, bad, or difficult, God still wants to use you. You may have been brought up in a very wealthy home and, 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 and have been satisfied with, with what you've been able to achieve. For a lot of people who are in business, and, and I guess myself included, the reason why we're in business is, is to, I guess, succeed, to go ahead, to make sure we can provide for our families, and maybe even to live a, a certain life at a certain maybe level of comfort and ease and, and, and to make something of ourselves. And that may be you this morning. If that's you, that's fine. God still wants to use you. You may be the sort of person who didn't have that opportunity and who struggled through school. I never got to finish, uh, I only finished grade 10. I didn't go through to grade 12. Um, I know two of my children have got to go further than me and do more academically than me and have gone through to uni where I never got the opportunity to do that. But you may be the one that struggled. You may be the one that, that haven't had the opportunity to have a lot of goods and, and stuff and things like that, but God is wanting to use you. No matter what your beginning is, God can and will use you if you will let him. We can see the story of, of Moses in Acts chapter 7. I might just read a couple of verses there just to, I guess, to um, familiarise yourself with, with, with what I just mentioned. Acts 7 verse 20 says, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. So it came into his heart. And I believe God obviously did this. He came into his heart to visit his brethren the children of Israel. So he's now being convicted and, and God started to, started to woo him out of that sort of life. Go and visit your brethren. You're an Israelite. And seeing one of them, in verse 24, seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. Moses killed someone who was, who was fighting with one of his brethren. And and he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver him and would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one, would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? So the next day he finds two of his Israelites having a bit of a fight. And he tried to break it up and said, what, you know, why are you doing this? Verse 27, but he that did his neighbour wrong, the one that was actually doing the wrong, thrust him away saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? This man saw what, what Moses had done and great conviction fell upon Moses that he'd been found out. Verse 29, then, Mo, then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian where he begat two sons. So Moses' life was, was very unique. He was brought up in, in the palace, went out, had a fight, killed someone, got caught out and then fled to nothing. Very isolated, fearing maybe retaliation from Pharaoh because he'd, now the, word, the word was now out that he'd killed an Egyptian and he was alone and 
had no brethren and he was on his own. But Moses, God was going to use Moses to become a great leader. He was going to lead the people out of Egypt. He was going to be the one that God was going to use to do a specific and a great work in the life of Israel. Now this man Moses never thought of himself as a leader, never thought of himself capable of doing the thing that God would want him to do. And we'll see in a little bit, a little bit later that Moses struggled when he was called to do something. And I, I guess I, I find myself very familiar with Moses in that aspect of it. As God wants me to do things, I can always find an excuse why I can't. And Moses found that, those same excuses. I want to look at Joseph as well. Joseph had one of the most horrendous beginnings as a child. A lot of things happened to him as he was favoured by his dad, yet his brothers hated him. I don't know about you, I don't think it was, I've ever been hated by my, I don't think I've ever been hated by my, by my two brothers. I'm thankful for the relationship I've had with them, although very, um, we're not very close. We never were close. And as soon as my brothers were old enough to leave, we all left home and we've all lived in different parts of the world and we speak to each other maybe once a year, twice a year and that's really about it. I don't have close brothers. But Joseph was the youngest or, or the second youngest and his brothers hated him. They despised him because dad considered him to be the favourite and dad did things for him that he never did for the other brothers. And then his brothers sought out to try and kill him, but ended up selling, selling him into slavery. Can you imagine being sold by your brothers into slavery? Good family, hey? Imagine being brought up like that. And through the circumstances and, and through the life of Joseph, lots of things, bad things that seemed to happen. It, was, it, it would almost feel like Joseph could have thought, my life's cursed. Everything from my childhood till my older age, seems like everything has gone wrong. Everything has been bad. And, and even in some of the good times that seemed to appear later on when he, when he was put into a position of authority and prosperity, he was then cast into prison for something he, he never did. I can imagine Joseph sitting, sitting in prison going, oh, that's the Joseph curse, that's for sure. The Joseph curse. My brothers hate me, people hate me, I get in a position of leadership. They lie about me. I'm put into prison. Oh, my life. Where's it ever going to end? Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like life has treated you pretty, um, pretty harshly. Maybe you're the sort of person who looks back at your life and thinks, man, I just can't get a break. Nothing ever seems to go well for me. It goes well for the brother over there and, and the sister over there. They prosper. They have a lot. they got a new car. They've got two houses. They've got three houses. They get a boat. They get a quad bike. I'd love a quad bike. <laughs> Christmas, okay? Everyone chip in for Paul's quad bike. <laughs> but maybe you kind of feel like it's just not fair. Why is this happening to me? I wonder if Joseph ever felt like that. And in the text this morning that was read by Dave, Joseph at the end of everything, towards the end of his life, come to the conclusion that even though all these things happened, his brothers, when they treated him like that, 
they, they, they seriously wanted him to die. They hated him that much that they were going to kill him, but it was just through the, the prompting of one of the, of one of the brothers let's sell him and we'll be done with him. Even though they meant evil for Joseph, Joseph got to the end, as we read it in Genesis 50, that my brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God knew what he was doing. And you may not be as rich or as wealthy or, or, or have all the breaks that other people seem to have, but that is your beginning, but God can still use you. And God did use Joseph. God used a Joseph as a great leader um, and a lot, of, um, a lot of the nation of Israel came through Joseph. I want to think of David. David was a faithful, hard worker for his father but was often overlooked by the rest of the family. I think about the story where, where Samuel was told to go and anoint the next king of Israel and God told him to go to Jesse's house, which is... David's dad and, and Samuel turned up and, and, and Jesse brought out all his sons and, and, and they went one through the other from the, from the strongest to the most, uh, was presented the one that had the most potential to be king and every single son was, was presented and God told Samuel, not him, not him, not him, not him. He said, is this all your sons? God has told me you come here. And even, even um, Jesse said, um, uh, I'll wait. I do have one more son, but surely it can't be him. We'll call him anyway. And David was out hard working where the others were being presented before the prophet. David had to work. David missed out on seeing, you know, um, the mighty man of God visiting the house. It obviously would have been a, uh, an exciting occasion and uh, David was then called. And God said, this is the, the young man that, who you've overlooked. You didn't see any potential in He's just one of the youngest men, but this is the one that I'm going to use. And maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like everyone seems to overlook me. I never really get an opportunity. I never get asked to do anything. The thing I know about David was he was a hard worker. He was committed. He could have snuck in to see the prophet, but he was out still serving. When his brothers went to fight Goliath, where was David? He was out tending the sheep. He was sent to go uh, to the battle. But he was faithful in what he was doing. He didn't have the beginning maybe his other older brothers had. He was often overlooked. He wasn't chosen for a lot of things. But as we know the story, David was going to be the next king. David in his, in, in his faithfulness, David in his, in his timidness, David in his being looked past became one of the mightiest men in battle, became one of the greatest kings that Israel has ever had. God wants to use all sorts of people and he wants to use you. And then the last person that I want to bring up this morning before I get into just a couple of thoughts is that of Samuel himself. Samuel, and I wanted to mention him specifically because he had a totally different upbringing than everyone else. He didn't have the beginning as some of his other brothers, oh sorry, uh, um, some of the other people maybe of his age. He didn't have a close relationship with his mum because when his mum couldn't have children, she prayed to ask God, can you bless me with a child? And if you do, I will give him back to you. 
And God answered that prayer. And true to her word, as soon as she was physically able, presented Samuel uh, to the priesthood. It took him to the temple and said, I promised God that, that, that if he would give me a son, I would give him back to you. And Samuel, from a very early age, grew up in the temple. Now, his mum would only visit just once a year. Once a year to get you to see your mum. How many of you young, young people, teenagers, younger kids here, how would you feel if you only got to see your mum once a year? It'd be pretty sad, hey? Totally different sort of upbringing. He didn't have the opportunity to go out, maybe go and play sport and fight and run and chase and become something that the other young people, the other young men may have become. His job was to be in the temple and to learn and to, and to listen to what the priest said. And I want to encourage you this morning, especially young people, if you were born into a church family, which means your mum and dad were already in church as you were born, and you've been made to come to church every week, and you get to an age and you think, man, I just can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to go and chase the world and see what it has to offer. Let me encourage you. Samuel, by being in the temple, by listening and learning, he was a unique character that God said, I'm going to call you. I'm going to use you. Now, it's not that, that Samuel was any better than anyone else. In fact, he was just someone who just worked in the temple. He was just like a church member who just helped out wherever they could. If there was an opportunity to be uh, maybe a luncheon, Samuel probably would have been the guy that just maybe brought the plates out and packed the chairs up. He just did whatever was, was required of him. But the Bible teaches that God called Samuel at a young age and from that time on, Samuel was set to become a prophet of Israel. God was going to use him, God called him, and God used him greatly to even to anoint the king, um, David. If you're a church kid or a pastor's kid or someone who thinks they want to get out of here, don't. Write it out. Listen. Learn because God may want to use you to pastor a church. God may want to use you to become a missionary, to be and do something that you never thought that you could. I chose these four men because they all had different beginnings. One was in church. One was born into royalty. One was just born into shepherd life. One was, one was just sold into slavery. Things had gone wrong. All these different beginnings did not define that they were going to still be poor. Didn't define that their life was always going to be bad. Didn't define that it was just working in the temple. That's all I'm ever going to be. God can use you no matter what your beginning was. My beginning was different maybe to yours. I may have, you may have a similar upbringing to me. But in my younger years, doing this today was, you would never have thought that I even physically was able to stand before a congregation of people talk, let alone preach the word of God. If God can do that with me, I believe God can do that with you. Now, I just want to share just some thoughts as we kind of round things down. 
some, some thoughts that, that I thought about these men's lives. We've kind of mentioned the beginnings doesn't define them. But none of them let their beginnings stop them from doing something for God. Think about Moses. He had left everything and was isolated. But he still did great things. You may have to leave some things. You may have to say no to some things. That maybe your dreams, maybe your ambitions, because you're set on something. But if God says, I'm going to use you, you need to let that go. Joseph may have thought he'd been cursed, as I mentioned, but God was with him and used him. Those beginnings didn't stop these men. They didn't dwell on them. They didn't say, I can't, I'm like I did for a long time. David wasn't, wasn't maybe as capable as his, as his older brothers, but he was big when it was counted, when God needed to count on him. Samuel didn't have the life that the other boys did, but God was going to use him greatly. Don't let your beginnings stop you from doing something great for God. Have you ever thought what God might be able to do with you? Have you ever considered serving the Lord in a, in a greater capacity? Have you ever thought about teaching a Sunday school class? Have you ever thought about leading a prayer group? Have you ever thought about, ever thought about song leading men? Any takers? I'll teach you. I'll help you. Need more song leaders. Come and see me later. Don't, 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 uh, don't stop yourself from, not dreaming, but thinking, am I capable? Will God use me in doing these things? So, so none of these men let the beginning stop them from doing something great for God. None of these men let the beginnings become their identity. What I mean by that is sometimes we can let our, we can let our, our beginnings become our identity, meaning that's all my life will ever be. Let's say you were born with a sickness and all throughout your life you've had to deal with this sickness and you think, that's just who I am, I'm the sick one. Everyone knows me as the sick one. Or maybe, maybe you were brought up with, with great wealth and, and, and you have the nice car and and you think, well, that's all I'm ever going to be. I'm just going to be rich. It doesn't have to be that way. I think about, um, I think about Moses when he was out, when he left the life that he had at the beginning and he'd sinned and, and he'd killed and he's now on his own. Moses could have thought, well, that's all I'm going to be. It wasn't until God came searching for him and Moses had all the excuses in the world. He said, well, who am I? My identity is I'm, I'm a nobody. I used to have a, I used to be somebody. Not anymore. Sorry, God. No one's going to listen to me. And then when God said, no, I'm going to use you. You need to, you need to go and tell the people I'm going to leave Egypt. Oh, but they won't listen to me. When I tell them you've told me this, they won't believe me. Excuse number two. Who am I? They're not going to listen to me. And then as God reaffirmed what he wanted him to do, he came back and said, oh, but God, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I can't, I'm not very forceful. I don't know how to project myself. I don't know how to be a leader. I don't know how to do it. 
I had other people helping me before. And God says, I'm going to help you do it. I never thought I could do anything for God. I use those same excuses. Who am I, God? You can't use me because of I used to stutter. What if I start stuttering really badly? I've had Tourette's syndrome. What if that comes back greatly? I, I can't do that. But God, I, I'm not really, I've I got lots, still lots of things I do wrong. I still sin. I can't do anything for you. And God says, don't worry about that. I'm gonna, if, I'm, if I'm calling you, I will enable you to do that. Don't, don't let your beginnings become your identity. Don't just go back and think, that's me. That's all I'm ever going to be. Because you will never do anything for God if that was the case. These men never did. None of these men blamed God for their beginnings. Have you noticed that? Nowhere in the Bible, as you read their stories, did any of them go, God, it's not fair. Why did you do this? Joseph was the one that, like, to me, suffered the most. And yet he said, hey, God meant it for good. God had this all planned out. I wonder if you're the sort of person who blames God for, their, for, for where you're at in life now. Maybe you've got yourself there yourself. Maybe you're in the mess you're in because of your choices and your decisions. Or maybe God's allowed some of these hard things to come in your life to get you, and he might use some of those things, which is what I'm going to say in a second, which I'll I'll combine it now. God will often use the things of your beginnings to mould you to be the person he wants you to be. So he can use you. You might have to go through some tough things just like Joseph. You may have to be separated and isolated like Moses. You may have to be overlooked in your younger years because just like David. So God prepares you as far as character goes. These men learn great character because of, their, because of their beginnings. God was preparing them and showing them and allowing some of these things to come to pass to get them ready to do the things that God wanted for them. And you might be a young person you might be a middle-aged person. You might be maybe a person in your older years. And if you might think, well, my life's, I can't do anything left. God can still use you. I'm considering myself to be in my middle years, hopefully. I'm in my 50s. I look at, I look at my work years and I think I might have, say, 15, maybe 20 years left of work where most people want to retire and relax and do everything. I want those years to be used for God. I've still got a little bit of life left in me. And I think I've probably said no to God many times where maybe I should have said yes earlier. But God's been working. I believe God will use me in the future in in whatever capacity he wants. But I believe I'm not the only one. I believe there's some young people. I believe there's some middle-aged people. And I believe there's some older people who God wants to use, maybe in a greater capacity than you've ever thought of before. I wonder, I wonder what God will do with you. You're a unique person to God and he's fully aware of what is happening in your life and what has happened in your life. Nothing's hidden from God. He knows the hardness, he knows the goodness, he knows the problems, he knows the sickness, he knows the death in your families. He knows it all. 
He knows the turmoil that's been in your family. He knows the fighting. He knows the drunkenness. But he still wants to use you. He's still working, moulding and making. Without the beginnings I had, I know for surety that I wouldn't be who I am today. Without a doubt. Don't let the doubts of your current abilities stop you from serving the Lord now. You may think you've got nothing to offer, but let me assure you, God sees what he can do in you and through you. You may think the little bit of music knowledge you know in playing an instrument really isn't good enough to play at church or be used. Trust me, God can take that and use it greatly. You might not think that I can sing or or song lead or teach or encourage or be a blessing to people. God can give you that as well. I wonder, and I'll finish with this this statement, I wonder what, what God might say of you if he was writing more of the Bible now and he started out by saying, in the beginning... You, such and such, wonder what your story that God would pen. So if God was writing about you, Dave, for example, because your name's easy to remember, Dave. If God said in the beginning there was Dave and he, imagine what God might, may write about your life when it's all done. In the beginning was, was Paul and he had a hard beginning And he wasn't like the other little kids who could speak. He was very timid and shy and and felt very isolated and felt, was told because he was useless and wouldn't amount to anything that that's what he thought would be the case. But in the story would be recorded, he got saved. He was introduced to God and convicted about his sin and God saved him And God took him on a journey of all different areas of life, financial struggles, health struggles, and God still used him to do whatever it is he's going to do. And I wonder if God was going to say in the beginning for your life, what would he record if he was still writing the Bible now? What would the the men who were inspired of God to to, to pen down things, what would be the God-given word about you and your life? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for opportunity to be in church this morning. Thank you for the varied lives that we all have and our beginnings. But I'm thankful for what you are doing and what you will continue to do in the lives of people here at Good Shepherd. I do pray, Lord, that if anyone is not saved, does not know Jesus as their saviour, has not started a relationship with you, that today might be that day that they say, I need to be saved. I need Christ as my saviour. And then I pray for the lives of each person that they would take time this week to reflect about where they come from, where they are now, and may they be open to you to talk with them, to convict them, to show them what you may want for them in the future. Lord, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.